Um, I'm not going to share revenue because that always goes down a weird thing <laughs> above six figures and under eight figures. I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a bad gig. I'll say that. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to growth everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Hey everyone, just a quick heads up that we're giving away a ebook called 29 Growth Hacking Quick Wins. We co-authored this book with Matan Griffel of One Month, and it'll give you a solid base on where you can create growth ideas from. So all you need to do is text QUICK TIPS to 33444. That's the word QUICK, Q-U-I-C-K, and TIPS, T-I-P-S as in sugar, to 33444, and you get instant access. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Growth Everywhere, where we interview entrepreneurs and bring you business and personal growth tips. Today, we have Neville Medora, who's the founder of Copywriting Course. He is a entrepreneur and copywriter who has helped businesses like AppSumo grow exponentially. Neville, how are you doing today? What's going on, buddy? Can we talk about first how you tried to start a competitor to me a long time ago? Absolutely. So, so go ahead. Yeah, wait, I want to tell the story. So, <laughs> so like right before this, we we checked out uh, our our Gmails and stuff. We we're looking up history. I was like printing out show notes or something, and I found that you actually emailed my supplier for a business I owned a couple of years ago to try to start a competitor. Yep, totally me. You know, I was I was getting into the electronic dance music scene, and I saw this guy's blog. You know, uh, you you actually shared all these. You, you shared about your yeah Nev blog. My first thing I shared how like houseofrave.com, a, a business I used to own as of Acto- October two thousand eleven. Um, and all the, I would talk about how much money I made and how I was doing stuff. And there'd be tons of competitors that would email my supplier and be like, Hey, I'm going to start a, a, a business. And the supplier's like, uh, I think this guy just read your blog. <laughs> I was actually, I was looking at this guy's killing it. You know, I just started learning internet marketing. I was like, I'm just going to copy it. And you know, I, was, I, didn't, I didn't think of it at all. I was just like, I'm just going to email him and ask him. I was one of the first financial bloggers on the internet to share my numbers openly along with my identity because people didn't like doing that. No, that wasn't a thing. Right. And I stopped because of the amount of competition. Every goddamn business idea I started, I'd have like three competitors the next day that were trying to do exactly the same thing, which kind of sucks. Like, I mean, they, they weren't as good, but at the same time, it was like annoying to field those all the time. Right, you have to watch your back all the time, right? Which is kind of interesting because you look at like the Pat Flynn's of the world and the John Lee Dumas's, and they're just throwing everything out there. So what, what's your take on that? Uh, dude, I mean, I was the one of the, who, who started before any of those people. And right. they uh, and and that's that's cool and all, but at the same time, you do get a lot of copycats, mm-hmm. and they they just go based on their distribution is larger, but they get a ton of copycats that mm-hmm. they have to deal with all the time. That makes sense. That yeah, makes sense. I I no longer go the uh, the revenue route. Like I did a Reddit AMA recently, and I was gonna put like you know six figures copywriting course doing nothing blah blah like one of those things. I was like I'm not going down this revenue shit again because it just opens up a bunch of animosity and copycats. Right. So I was like I'm done with that. No. That, that makes total sense. No, I, I feel the same way. So yeah, let's, let's talk about copywriting course today. What is it exactly? And you know, what does it do for people? Copywriting? Well, I don't want it to sound like a promo or anything. First of all, copywriting course starts with K. So copywriting with a K. Explain that so, first. Uh, so uh, I mean, originally, like I just couldn't get the domain copywriting course with C's. So I started with that. But uh, with AppSumo, when we were growing uh, really fast a couple of years ago, we were in the growth phase. I made everyone was asking me how we made the emails so goddamn persuasive. 
Because if you read the emails back then, like you'd almost like have to buy. Like people would tell me, like, I don't like opening up your emails because I know I'm going to spend money. And I was very proud of that. And um, and people would ask me all the time, like, how do you write like this? Where did you learn? Like, what was that? What are the tactics? Is there a framework? What do you do? And so I made a course based out of the demand called Copywriting Course. And it, it wasn't meant to be a website initially, but that's one of those weird things in entrepreneurship that just kind of like serendipitously took off. And more and more people kept wanting me to write for them. So I got like all these like consulting gigs on the side. I would just make up a number and charge them and they'd be like, okay, okay. And then I realized whenever I helped people, it helped them enormously. Like they pay back my fee like right away. And then uh, the course started selling better and better. So I just made it like a whole thing. So for 2015, the goal was to grow copywritingcourse.com and dominate the copywriting industry. Got it. And what numbers can you share around the business today? Um, I'm not going to share revenue because that always goes down a weird thing <laughs> above six figures and under eight figures. I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a bad gig. I'll say that. Um, the, the business right now is at about 21,000 subscribers. Wow. So I guess it's, uh, what's with the delay? July 27th or something like that, 2015. So as of April of this year, I started really focusing on, uh, email growth, uh, with obviously at the nudging of Noah, uh, Noah Kagan, AppSumo, Facebook number 30, all that kind of stuff. And so I just started focusing on email growth and it's like taken off like crazy. And so, yeah, the numbers are doing really well. Traffic is uh, almost 40K uniques um, a month, something like that. Nice. For targeted copywriting people, that's pretty good. No, that's insane. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, all right. What, talk, talk to us about the state of copywriting right now. Because we all know, I mean, as internet marketers, we know how important it is. Um, if you come from that background, if, you, if, you're, if you're familiar with it. But a lot of people don't, seem to kind of grasp the importance of it and what it does in general. Yeah, I always forget that people don't know what it is. Copywriting is not in the law sense, right? It, it, it's super, super important, and here's why. So basically, let's say you have a web page or anything, but let's say it's a web page. You get 100 people coming to it per day, and one person signs up to your email or buys your product, whatever the goal of that specific page is, right? Well, with good copywriting, uh, meaning the words on the page, the way you message people, the way you talk about your product, the way you... Uh, state the benefits and all that kind of stuff. You could probably get it up to eight or 10 per day if you had good copywriting on it. Now, here's the thing. Nowadays, there's so many other mediums than just text. So people always think like, oh, just having a lot of text, Neville will love that. No, I actually like less text and more images, more videos. Uh, the, the one secret thing I've been seeing that's working really well nowadays, um, dude, believe it or not, GIFs, man, dot G-I-F, like little, you know, mm looped things that I used to use on House of Rave back in the day. Remember, you get like epilepsy looking at the page. But I like remember. GIFs, you can use GIFs to transmit so much more information, especially for like app web pages and SaaS products than a video or uh, text ever can. And so I think of copywriting with Ks, not with Cs. Copywriting with C is just like words on a page. I think copywriting is transmitting information from one brain to another. Like, you know why people should listen to your podcast, but then you have to tell people. So you have to like send sound waves over the air or text over the internet and have their eyeballs read it or their ears listen to it. And then their brain interpret it and then come to the same conclusion as you. Now, when you go through all those steps, surely there's going to be some miscommunication. So the good job of a good copywriter is to get that information to someone else's brain in the fastest way possible. So whether text, audio, video, it depends on the situation. And we can go over some more of that later. Got it. Okay. So I guess an, an, a specific example would be helpful here. I mean, you helped AppSumo go from zero to 500K customers in just under 18 months. 
Well, 750,000. 750K. All right, a little more. <laughs> Just 50%. Yeah, yeah. so, so the, reason, the, the reason AppSumo grew, one, let's not discount like there was a good team behind it and Noah's really good at Facebook ads and, and promoting. So let's not forget that. At the same time, the reason people were uh, so into AppSumo was the emails. And because that's all AppSumo was. It was just a big goddamn email list. Like if you went to the webpage and didn't sign up for the email, all you see is a page that says sign up for the email. You couldn't even view the deals without your email. So the, the trick is how do you get people to want to read your emails? And I started studying copywriting around the time like Noah was building AppSumo and he used to come like work off my couch all the time in Austin. And I was like, he had 50,000 people or so subscribed and he hated sending out emails. And he was like, I was like, dude, you need to start doing this copywriting stuff. I'm doing it on House of Rave, like my business at the time. And it's kicking ass. Like my primary source of revenue went from the webpage to the email list like almost overnight uh, once I started learning how to properly copyright. And so I did the first deal, which was like a font deal or something like some weird thing like that. And it was one of the best-selling deals ever on AppSumo, and we thought it was a fluke, so we did it again and again and again. And from there on, for like two years, I wrote every email that went out from AppSumo until we hired like three copywriters to replace me. So uh, the trick was that AppSumo emails weren't like, get Grasshopper 10% off, blah, blah, blah. Like, we wouldn't do stuff like that. That's stupid. Like, that's, that's like a, a quick sale a couple people might buy, but no one's going to look forward or share your deals if that's what you're saying. Instead, we would do like 70% good uses. So there's a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people building businesses, a lot of entrepreneurs on the list. And so if I was promoting something like Grasshopper, which is like, you know, a phone tree system for uh, your business. So like, if you're like a one person business, you can have like, uh, you know, call music and like forward to different departments. It makes your company look really big. I would say I run a business called House of Rave. And one of the biggest problems is I pick up this, my cell phone myself as the customer service line. And people are always confused as if this is a real company or not. So I installed Grasshopper. And I basically told a story about how I made my company look really big and professional and used Grasshopper. And then at the end, the last like 30% or 20% of the email, I'd be like, oh yeah, by the way, we have a deal on this. So AppSumo emails were educational. Like people liked reading them regardless of if they were going to buy the deal or not. Mm. And since we made people like reading them so much, having like that, like, you know, 500,000 people read your email each day, not just spam them in the face, but like actually read your email. That is super, super, super powerful. That's why like email marketing is like, like skyrocketing right now because people are finally realizing this after all these years. Got it. Okay. So what I'm hearing is you, you got to have some type of story that people can attach to first. And then, you know, maybe you throw a little plug at the end. It could be a story, but it could also just be like really awesome ways or like hacks or something. If you're selling some sort of, I don't know, Gmail plugin or product or getting someone to download something, show how like the top five ways you use Gmail, like, like, like a pro or something like that, or how you save 3.2 hours a day by using Gmail in a certain way. Right. Okay. So it sounds like, okay, I mean, there's, there's obviously a ton of different ways to do it. You can have, you can, you go down the value route or for me, for example, you know, I have a hiring course and one day I was just, you know, American airlines just put me under shitter and I was like delayed for like 10 hours. So I just wrote an email, a scathing email about American airlines. And I was like, this is why you have to hire great people and have great customer service. And then boom, you get some conversions from it. So I think it can go many different ways, right? Yeah, I, actually one of the best converting emails we ever did, the, the, the one I got like all sorts of people that I respect emailing me be like, dude, that was like the best email I've ever read was I was actually robbed in 2012. Wow. Like my apartment was robbed and I had like a nice apartment was on the first floor people could see in and it looked really awesome. And someone decided to take all my computers and, and also my $450 Dyson fan. Like that was a weird thing to steal. <laughs> but yeah, but anyways, like the, yeah, they stole a bunch of stuff. 
and I'd never been robbed before. And um, it, it was this really like weird feeling of kind of like, it felt like violation, right? You, you think like, oh, I got robbed, big deal, whatever, they just stole my Max. They didn't like try to attack me or do anything else. I felt very violated. And it was like, it, it kind of made me like, it made me lock my doors all the time. It made me like, like go in every single room every time I entered my apartment. I kind of felt like a prisoner there. And I wrote about this um, for the uh, computer software called Prey, which goes on your Macs and can track down your Mac with like crazily scary uh, accuracy, mm. preyproject.org or something like that. You can look it up. But um, we were doing a deal on that. And I wrote that story and it was really long, but people were like, holy shit, like this was like an emotional roller coaster kind of. And it was actually kind of a hard one for me to write because I was very passionate about it. It felt really real to me. And at the end, I was like, I sincerely wish. I had prey on there so I could like hunt that motherfucker down that stole myself. <laughs> you know, I, re- I really felt like every night I was like fantasizing about like catching this guy and hitting him with a baseball bat or something. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's, that's messed up, but that's what I really felt. And so I put that on into a story and it just converted like crazy because people kind of related to it, you know? Right. Awesome. I mean, is there, so I would love to see that. I mean, is there, is there a place where like you have all your emails stored, like people can just go swipe it? No, I don't have all of them stored. I, that particular one, I think you can still go to appsumo.com slash pray and read it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that w- email, for some reason, just struck a chord. And by the way, that deal did exceedingly well, FYI. So Nice. So what's your take on people? I mean, you know, a, a lot of people, when they're not that good at copywriting in the beginning, you know, they like to swipe copy and kind of just, you know, make it for their own. You know, what's, do you think that's a good way to go about learning it? Or do you think that, you know, hinders people from learning? What, what's your take? No, I mean, everyone has to start somewhere. So if you decide to just steal someone's copy or steal like the structure, that's fine. I mean, you look at like, if you're going to do Facebook ads, just look at other high, uh, highly successful Facebook ads that you see all the time and copy the style. Like there's nothing wrong with that, right? Um, at the same time, I would suggest where if you want to get started, you'd probably start it with like a free resource. It's called the Gary Halbert Letters and it's called the Boron Letters. Mm. So Gary Halbert is this guy, he's dead now. Um, but he was a great copywriter. Like it's just hilarious to read his stuff. And he's also really, really smart. And he put out a thing from jail called the boron letters chapters one through 25. You can buy it on Amazon as a book now, but it used to just be available free online. It still is. And what you should do is print them out because if you read them in email format, you actually miss a lot of the, a lot of the cool stuff. And if you are serious about this and and seriously, every marketer I've ever sent this like goes places and everyone that doesn't take this suggestion doesn't go places. It's just like a a thing I've noticed. If you, uh, the boron letters chapters one through 25 and print them out, spend $20, buy a goddamn ink cartridge, go to Kinko's, spend 10 bucks, whatever, or buy the book at least and watch how he makes you turn the page Watch how he gets you interested in stuff. Watch how he like ruffles your feathers. Watch how he keeps you interested for the next chapter. Like really analyze what he is doing. And that is one of the best uh, educations on copywriting I personally ever got. And that's what got me started. And I recommend it to everyone and it's totally free. Nice. Okay. Just don't read it on like a tablet or your computer. It, it, It wasn't meant for that. And trust me, just take the extra step to like read it in some sort of offline format. Got it. So Let's basically, I mean. if you want to be a good marketer and you don't read that, you suck. Dude, I mean, ask almost every big marketer that, that knows their shit. And uh, Gary Halbert will be someone that comes up over and over and over again. He was like an old school direct response guy. He's like true, a really true. like kind of cranky old bastard, but like it was awesome. True. Yeah. Gary Halbert's one of those all stars. Um, you actually have a second book. I'm, I'm looking at your, your Reddit AMA and you have a second book that you recommend. What is that? 
It's called the. It's by Joseph Sugarman. It used to be called Advertising Secrets of the Written Word, but now it's like a hundred dollars. He rebranded it as the Ad Week Guide to Copywriting, something like that. Ad Week Copywriting. Joseph Sugarman. Google it. You'll find it, and you can get that book for like twelve bucks. But um, Joseph Sugarman talked about these things called triggers, and he came up with about twenty-seven of them or so. And it's basically like greed, for example. And then he goes into why greed will make people buy, and then all the different, and then like fear of missing out, different ways that people buy. And uh, his book is amazing. And, and Joseph Sugarman, like I've met him a bunch of times, is actually just like a genuinely like awesome dude. Um, and so most of these copywriters from that era were very like old and cranky and stuff like that, had that attitude. Um, he doesn't. And that's why I kind of like his stuff a lot too. Um, so it's not as risque or anything as Gary Halbert's. His, is, his stuff is pretty rough sometimes. Uh, but Gary, uh, Joseph Sugarman, yeah, Ad Week Copywriting Guidebook, whatever it's called now. Yeah. That's a, that's a must have. Okay, great. Um, so if you're starting over today and you, you wanted to build, let's say a list of let's, let's go with the first 1000 people, how would you go about it? So there's like, there's, there's this kind of like way to dominate an industry that's that, that floats around. I don't know who's accredited for it first, but it's been around forever. So I guess the modern equivalent for it today was like, you identify what you want to go after, right? You identify kind of like the target audience that you want. And then you hit up every, you get featured on every single place that uh, that person is, right? So all the podcasts they listen to, all the websites they read, all the newspapers they read, everything they see around that subject, all the subreddits they read, whatever it is. And you get featured there somehow within the course of a short period of time, like three months. And people will think that you're a big deal because they see you on all those places. And so, but if you wanted to build a list, honestly, the first thing I would do and I'm doing a whole like uh, series on this right now where we scraped all these uh, 100,000 uh, plus lists. We scraped all the information, uh, social shares, comments, the titles, the dates that they put them out. Every single person without fail I've seen with a 100,000 plus email list gave away good shit for years first. Um, the only exceptions to that are maybe uh, a Brian Dean of Backlinko mm. has only like 53 posts on his site because I, I scraped them all. And the thing <laughs> is, he's an SEO guy. So he hardcore promotes each post. But everyone else like Ramit Sethi or Neil Patel or who's been a guest on the show and stuff like that, Noah Kagan, they all have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of blog posts before they really built like a gigantic list. And I think a lot of people think like, oh, I just want to build a list but not give away a lot of stuff for free. Honestly, I just haven't seen it. Like, I can't think of people who've done it without giving away a shit ton of good stuff for free, whether it be a lot of information or a tool. I mean, can you? I, I don't know. Tell no, me. I can't. You know, it's funny. I was just listening to a podcast this morning. This guy was talking about a, a reverse squeeze page where you literally, like, you do like a really in depth course and mm -hmm. you just give it away for free. And then all the stuff's in the back end. Yeah, like those internet marketers of yesteryear that started like in 1999 or something, when they would buy ads, it was very unrestricted, right? So they could just build like a squeeze page that says like, learn the secrets of building a business. And really, there was like not that much other content on it back then. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of like force people to put their email in. Nowadays, no one tolerates that shit. Yep. Google doesn't like squeeze pages. Facebook just banned them like two days ago as of this podcast. Um so you have to give away a lot of good stuff. And honestly, the people who just like squeeze people into their funnels like that, they tend to not have very loyal lists. If they just, you know, like you want people to actively subscribe to you. 
so they read it more. Because why do you want people that you're just kind of forced and, and leave your list? So if you give away a lot of good stuff for a year and you're prepared to spend a year just giving stuff away, then you might be in the right niche. Otherwise, I don't think you need to build a big list to have a business. Huh. Wow. I yeah. didn't. You got to ask yourself, like, why do you want the big list? Like, what is the point? And, dude, there's some people, and, and you and I know this, that there's some people that just aren't kind of like the guru type, you know? They don't have the personality for it. They don't have the patience. They don't, they don't really, they, they want the end result of having a big audience, which means either like money or access or whatever it is, but they're not really like the giving guru type. So why right. go that route? There's a million other routes you can take. Right. Totally agree. And you just mentioned a, a, an interesting point. Um, so Facebook, Facebook banned squeeze pages so people can't literally can't push people to like a landing page and collect emails anymore. No, I actually didn't know I that. I hate that shit. Don't you hate like a picture of a girl on a beach and like there's a breeze in the background. They have some HTML5 video and it says like get the top 10 secrets of a high converting business. And then it has like just like enter your email and you're like, uh, I guess. And if you actually <laughs> enter your email, it's like usually some shit and now you're on some list forever and, and they share it and it, it's not people don't like doing that you want to see the content first and then if you like it then sign up so that's what you have to do nowadays you have okay. to give away a lot of good stuff um any ads i have pointing towards my blog posts it's blog posts i have that i gave away for free and have a download at the end or an optional opt-in that i know people already opt in like they like the post so much they 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 opt in on their own those are the pages I uh, promote instead of doing some silly squeeze page or something. Got it. So would you say the bulk of your Facebook advertising is, is geared towards your content now? Yes, all of it. Got it. There's okay. no squeeze pages. Okay, perfect. Um, so listen to another podcast with you on it, and you talked about the three profit pillars of explosive email marketing. So I know we talked about a little bit stuff already, and some of this Did I overlap. say that, or was that like what the title was? That's what was in the title. Okay, I, I'm almost... <laughs> I'm absolutely positive I never wrote that title. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I, was, I wrote that? <laughs> that was with... Uh, there are the three pillars, man. That I was with John McIntyre. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, the guy from Australia. That was yeah. a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. We'll come back to it. Yeah, yeah. Tell me what the profit pillars are. I have no idea. I was just reading. I was like, I want to know what the profit pillars are. Holy shit. See, see, that's good. See, he sucked me in already. He's a copywriter, too. Um, <laughs> okay, great. So... What, I mean, you're doing Facebook ads right now to acquire more emails. I mean, what else are you doing in terms of uh, email acquisition? Dude, I mean, here's, here's the thing. And, and this, is, this is a post I was debating. I am putting this out because I scraped everyone's information and now I have it. I can ascribe it to numbers because it's backed up. It's not just opinion. Building an email list is hard. It takes like a very focused effort to do it. So I've watched uh, Noah. You know, like, I mean, he's like the best at email building, which is kind of fortunate. One of my good friends happens to be that guy. That's, that's very fortunate for me. But um, it's funny because I've seen him build three email lists to well over 100,000. First, the AppSumo one, then his OK Dork one, his personal blog, and then SumoMe. And the way I've seen him build to 100,000 each time is he started at like the beginning of the year and he was like, I'm going to hit 100,000 subscribers by this date. Then he has like a Google Doc with how much he currently has, how much he needs, um, how much he needs each month to hit that goal, how much behind each goal. It's, it's, it's like basic arithmetic, but he has it all charted out. And then what he does is he has a whole list and I've adopted all these strategies too. I just stole them from him. Uh, you basically have like a whole list of people you know, right? So Eric Sue, Neil Patel, Ramit Sethi, anyone who's like an influencer has like a large audience. You say who you know, 
and what they can promote about. So if Noah comes out with a Sumo Me tool that ha- that like uh, sells an ebook for you or whatever, he'll hit up everyone he knows that tries to sell ebooks and say, hey, you should promote this. It's kind of cool, blah, blah, blah. So he has like a promotional engine. He has a strategy. And then he has a bunch of different tactics. So for different sites, different things will work. For example, what I first started doing when we started making a concerted effort to build the email list was I originally started doing these teardowns. And you can see on copywritingcourse.com with K's um, that there's like these like episodes of teardowns. And I only did four. And the reason was people really liked the teardowns, my own audience, but no one shared it. And if they just shared it, no one was really signing up coming in for the teardown. So after four episodes, I was like, wow, these are not getting like email signups. So we're like, fuck it. They don't work. Like, you know, we tried it. We tried it a couple different angles. It didn't work. So what we started doing was, let's say I'm trying to dominate, I don't know, the dog training niche, right? Instead of doing like, like little articles here and there, just go on the search results and figure out what people are typing in about dog training, right? So type in dog training and figure out like they're typing out a dog training for chihuahuas right? Or how to make a chihuahua sit. So then what you do is you make the best damn article about how to train a chihuahua to sit. And if you can't make a proper article with video or audio or GIFs or images or something that's better than other people, then you're not suited for this. Don't try. It's not going to work. Don't just write a shitty little three paragraph thing on how to make a chihuahua sit because that's not going to cut it nowadays. You have to beat out eHow and all these other big sites. So make the best damn article on how to make a chihuahua sit. And at the end, if it's a really big post, have a download for them and say, hey, download this free guide on how to train your dog or just download this entire post as a PDF. You can keep it on your phone uh, for when you're trying to train your chihuahua or whatever like that. And that's basically what I do. If you type in how to become a copywriter on Google, I should be like, I don't know, the first to third result or something like that. Look at that page, how to be- copywritingcourse.com slash how to become a copywriter with dashes in between it. And that page, if you scroll to the very, very bottom, there's a picture of a book and you basically just download the whole post. It's like 80 pages in a Google Doc, seriously, that long. And that little pop-up converts at 77%, meaning 77% of the people that click that image sign up for my email list. That number is insane for the online world. Like normally like 5% or something is good. 77 is is ridiculous. Hold on, 77%, this is for just the, the it's an entire content page? Is that what you're saying? Not the entire content page, the people okay. that click at the bottom. Got it. So okay. the, the actual conversion rate is probably under 10 or something like that. Still good. But for the amount of people, for everyone who clicks on that thing, 77% of the people actually go through and, and enter a real email. Holy crap. That's, that's like, that's nuts. And my other pages uh, convert really well. 77% is the highest example. The lowest is 60%. So if you think about like how well that strategy works, that's pretty insane. Make a really long, awesome, amazing post and then offer it for download at the end if they want a PDF of it. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, every single person, you know, you're, yourself, um, you look at uh, Noah's OK Dork, Neil, he's, he's, his content has expanded even further now, Backlinko, uh, Derek Halpern the other week, he was just saying, like, all you got to do is write, you know, the the article for whatever the article, hell you're yeah. talking about. And then, th- and then you just spoke, focus 80% of your time on promotion. And that's all you have to do at this point. I mean, you know, there's always going to be people out there that are churning out more content than you are. But to become that de facto piece, I think that really means something. But you know what? You know what? Like my big problem was for years, like I would go even with my personal blog, Nev blog back in the day when I used to focus on that, I would go through these stages where I put out a lot of good content for like a period of time and then stopped. And like my traffic and Alexa rank and all that would just like plummet. And then it would go back up when I start trying to do it again. But it was like I was 
it was like I was on a like a like a treadmill and could never hit the end, right? Right. And what I noticed about the guys with big email lists, and this is from all the data I scraped. I'm going to be publishing all this soon. I, I don't know if they'll they'll like it or not, but <laughs> but like I, I don't think they'll mind. I know all of them, and so um, they they were consistent. Like I look at Ramit, and if you look up Ramit Sethi or I will teach you to be rich his site, like in Google Trends, what I really admire about him was the goddamn consistency he had. It's not like this meteoric rise to the top. It's this slow, everyday, pump out a thing, churn, right? He didn't post every day or anything like that, but he would post a really hefty post at least every week. Um, It'd be like three to five times per month he would post it minimum. And he did that for like eight years or something like that. You know, that's the reason why he's big. And that's not the only reason. But at the same time, he started slowly growing. That's why like growth that I've, I've noticed is like this slow churn. It's a day in, day out. It's like it's 3 a.m. I don't want to publish this, but God damn it, I have to finish it. I'm going to put it out tomorrow. That's like the, where the real success comes in. Not just posting a couple of like cool articles and then like promoting them, but like doing that and then doing it consistently for years. That's, that's where the success comes from. Like I've seen yep. it in the data. <clears throat> yep, totally agree. And I can't wait for you to to post that thing because I'm going to be eating it all up. I'm um, excited too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's switch gears a little bit. Let, you know, let's talk about. Can you tell us about one big struggle you faced in business? Could be House of Rave, could be anything. I mean, big struggle was the consistency for me. That's always been it. Consistency. I know that's, that's not a very sexy answer, right? Because consistency is like boring shit. No, but that's fair. That's the, so. What I'm, I'll tell you what I'm doing for consistency now. I have a business manager which I pay to keep me in line. So I have like essentially like an accountability buddy, but you know, she, I I pay her to yell at me if I don't do stuff. And so every day there's someone I keep accountable to. Um, and whenever I don't do my work, I get really angry. I'm just like, ah, damn it. Like I feel weird. Like I don't even want to send this email update admitting that I'm wrong. And so sometimes I'd be like, fuck it. I'm staying up and just finishing this. And that has really, really helped me. I think a lot of people, especially when they're kind of solopreneurs, they don't have any sort of accountability. And so, you know, you're kind of comfortable and just coasting along. There's no one to kick you in the ass. You have to get that into place if you're not super self-motivated. Like, I, like I'm just not for some reason. So I have to have that in place. And when I have that in place, I do really, really well. When I don't, I don't. Huh. Okay. So how do you go about finding a accountability partner? And what should the responsibilities be? Well, there's like in the entrepreneur group for the AppSumo, like how to make, how to make a, your first dollar group. Uh, a lot of people like form little accountability partners. I would suggest, however, maybe even paying someone because then you take it a little bit more seriously or someone that um, maybe start just like emailing someone updates every day. Like if you really like Tim Ferriss or something, just email Tim at four hour work week or whatever. He, he probably won't ever answer or ever see your thing, but just keep emailing him updates all the time. With the hope that one day you'll be like, wow, I started this big company, Tim, and check it out. Check your Gmail and search for my name. Every single day I promoted you or I emailed you my updates. You have to have some sort of um, carrot or or reason to uh, do that. Oh, so for example, back in the day, um, I used to post all – I still do every month post all my goals on nevblog.com. Nevblog.com slash category slash goals and you'll see all my uh, goals for the last eight years um, every single month. I would post them online, but that wasn't enough sometimes. So then I would do something that if I didn't finish my goals that month on the 31st or 30th or whatever of that month, I would do something that was morally uh, reprehensible to me. 
So for example, I used to just hate the, this homeless guy that I would drive by every day. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And I said, my, I was going to give my bike and I really liked my bike. Um, my bike to that guy at the end of the month if I didn't finish these things and a 12-pack of beer because I, I, that would piss me off so bad to give this guy a 12-pack of beer and my bike because I just hated this guy for some reason. And I remember like the last day, it was in October or something like that, and my friends came over for Halloween and they were all going to a crazy party and it was like, it was like 10 o'clock at night on the last day of October and I was like, fuck this. I am not going to give that guy my bike. Like there's, there's no way this would ever happen. So I was like, I'm going to skip the party and I'm only going to come when I'm finished. And sure enough, like at 11.58 PM that night, I finished whatever I needed to do. And if you set that goal to do something like, I don't know, donate like $50 to the KKK or something crazy. like <laughs> that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know that sounds stupid, but the point is to get you to do something like make you like internally gut wrenched to do this then you will finish your goals. You will. Love it. Okay. Yeah. How do you, how does Neville structure his day? How do I structure my day? I try to wake up. I used to make my bed every day. Now, sometimes I'm kind of okay or not about it, but I usually make my bed like 85% of the time I wake up immediately when I wake up. That's always good. Um, I fortunately don't have to be in an office or anything. So I love working from home for the first couple of hours for the day. Then I have a great co-working space or I can go to the AppSumo office and work. Um, I like going to WeWork, which is a, a like a worldwide nice. co-working thing. I love WeWork. Uh, it, it's like my favorite thing. I, I love everything about it. So I really, really enjoy working from there. I wear earplugs for most of the day. That's kind of a weird thing. Um, Why? Why? I, I use it because whenever I write, like I, I used to like try to listen to like techno music or stuff without words, but it's still distracting. Whenever you put earplugs in that have like a 30 decibel plus reduction in noise, it feels like you're in your own little world. I, I don't know how to describe it. Try yeah. it. Go to, go to Amazon and search for Heroes, um, H-E-A-R-O-S, like, like okay. hero with an S at the end. And it's Heroes earplugs. They're like these blue earplugs. They're oh, these blue. are awesome. Gonna, yeah. And they are the most comfortable earplugs I've ever had in my entire life. I use them to sleep most nights. Um, I use them in airplanes whenever I'm trying to write or something if I'm not listening to music. Um, they don't hurt your ear. A lot of earplugs, like they expand so much. They actually like kind of hurt your ear canal. These don't do that. They're really soft and nice, but they just block out so much noise and you can still hear your phone in like conversations a little bit, but for the most part, like all the background noise, it just like you put them, you, you squeeze them, put them in your ears and they start to expand. And as you start to expand, you'll feel yourself kind of like, like being more and more isolated, like in a good way. And boom, you're in your own world. It's, it's freaking awesome. And so I can work in a busy, crowded kind of uh, place like WeWork, and people are talking on the phone, and there's a phone, uh, like, you know, people walking by and everything, and it just feels like I'm in my own little bubble. It is amazing, and I get a ton of work done with earplugs on, but it's kind of like a, a weird quirk. But, Would you say it's kind of meditative? Um, yeah, like I don't, so I don't really like the type of meditation that makes your mind still. I actually prefer – my type of meditation actually is this. Um, I take a scrap piece of paper I know I'm going to throw away or I have this Brookstone boogie board, which is like this like – it's kind of like an Etch-a-Sketch for adults. I don't know. You look at a Brookstone boogie board. It's like 40 bucks or something. And you, you push a button and it just erases everything so no one will ever see it ever. It doesn't save anything. Um, and if I want to meditate, it's usually because like – you know, people meditate because they're stressed out or confused or have a tough decision to make. 
I prefer just writing out like what is uh, like like what's wrong right now. So whether it's like a girl problem or like I don't know what to do about a certain issue or I'm feeling shitty, I, I write it out and then I'll be like, oh wait, you know what? I think I might just be hungover because I drank a little bit yesterday. Maybe that's one of the reasons I'm feeling crappy. Perhaps the way to solve that is, you know, maybe drink some caffeine and go for a workout or something. Uh, what can I do to solve that immediately? And when I write it out, it's so much better. And I solve the problem in like four seconds rather than like I've given meditation a shot. And, um, you know, I mean, different strokes for different folks. Like it's just not something I enjoy that much. It doesn't help me as much as it does other people. But writing stuff down, that is my meditation. I love it. And, and having earplugs on sure as hell helps. Yeah. Got it. Okay, cool. No, I, I like this. I, I think I might just do this for that meditative effect, even though it's not complete silence. Oh my God, buy these earplugs heroes. They're, they're, they're kick-ass. I wish I had like equity in this company because I recommend them so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just hit one click on it. Okay, so I have it now. Um, great. So you talked about two, you know, two awesome books people can buy around copywriting. What's one must-read book, um, another type of book that you recommend to everyone? Can I promote my own book that I wrote? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- this book will teach you how to write better. You can type in Neville Medora. This book will teach you how to write better on Amazon. It's like free on the sharing Kindle thing, I think. I don't know how. I don't even know how that works. I don't have a Kindle. But it's free on that, I think. Otherwise, it's like $2.99. It's like the stupidest, cheapest book you could possibly buy. And it's just, it's just about like if you want to learn how to write better in like 30 minutes, that's the book. I, I wrote it to be super, super small. I'm actually not trying to promote it because I don't make like any money on it barely. I make like 200 bucks a month from it because it's so cheap. I make like 70 cents a book or something crappy. But it is the fastest way to learn to write better that I've ever seen. Um, my copywriting course, uh, that's more in-depth than you can watch me do it on video. Um, but that takes about two hours to watch. The book is like 30 minutes and you can just like read through it really fast and keep it on your desk. It's honestly like I designed it to be the fastest way to improve your writing um, in like no time. It's pretty awesome. awesome. Cool. Yeah. So $2.99 to make more money with your writing. That's a no-brainer for everyone. It's it's like stupid cheap. And, and one of the reasons I don't even like promoting it, I kind of, if you notice on copywriting course, I took it off. Is it because it actually, can, it's so good that it cannibalizes the sales of my copywriting course, which is kind of messed up because that's like more than $200. This book is $2.99, mm. $2.99. And so it kind of sucks to have a product that cannibalizes so much, but you will learn a lot from that if you just do one thing. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. awesome. Cool. So go on Amazon and buy that. that this book will teach you to write better. And Heroes Earplugs. <laughs> Heroes made more money than you did because uh, I, have, I have a Kindle, so I guess I'm getting your book for free, man. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. I, I love those Heroes Earplugs. I, have, I, I actually give them away as gifts to people whenever I send a thank you gift. I send them because it's kind of like a unique thing that no one has or no one thinks about. But it is, it is like my best productivity hack. Nice. And they'll remember you for that too. Cool. Yeah. It's such an odd thing. They'll be like, what the hell? <laughs> cool. So Neville, this was awesome. Or is it Neville or Neville? Neville. Neville. Okay. Neville. What's the, the best British- way for people to find you online? How, what? What's the best way for people to find you online? Uh, copywriting course. So copywriting spelled with a K and then course spelled with a K copywritingcourse.com. Sign up for my emails. Like that's the best thing. And if you want, I give, so there's all this stuff that I give away in certain posts and everything. If you want it all, like all the eBooks I give away without like really having to like do much, you go to copywritingcourse.com slash bonus. And I'll have a thing over there with like, so the first thing that got me into copywriting, the first promotion I did that got me like 120 orders in like two hours. um, That's a really good template to just swipe and try for yourself. That one is awesome. I love that. And there'll be, uh, there's other things like the problem solving checklist. 
I keep this big file of uh, like different ways to solve a problem. So for example, if you're thinking like, how do I make more money? If you flip it around, like a lot of people ask that greedy ass question. And if you flip it around to be a giving question, like what can I give people to make them more money? You'll often find way better ideas by flipping a question around. And that's like a stupid little hack. Like I don't even have to really explain much more, but that will totally change the way you think about stuff. And I have a problem-solving checklist. That's I used to sell it on AppSumo, and then we pulled it, and I give away for free now. Um, but if you go to like copywritingcourse.com slash problem-solving-checklist or whatever, um, it's totally free now. And you can just like swipe those things, save the images. There's even like a PDF download. So you go to copywritingcourse.com slash bonus. I'll give all that stuff away uh, for your audience. So Awesome. And we'll drop yeah. all of this in the show notes for sure. Um, but everyone, this is Neville Medora. Make sure you check out all his stuff. I mean, there's not a lot of good people that teach copywriting nowadays and Neville's definitely one of them. Thanks again. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Hey everyone, just a quick heads up that we're giving away a ebook called 29 Growth Hacking Quick Wins. We co-authored this book with Matan Griffel of One Month and it'll give you a solid base on where you can create growth ideas from. So all you need to do is text quick tips to 33444. That's the word quick Q-U-I-C-K and tips, T-I-P-S as in sugar to 33444 and you get instant access. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.